Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Chasing the Chip. This is episode 25 now. I am your host, Moise, as always, alongside my co-host, Dre. How you doing, Dre? I'm all right, man. How are you? I'm pretty good. You know, uh, everything feels a little bit better when the football team wins. Uh, and it's kind of sad yeah, that it sure. affects my <laughs> life that much, but you know, it feels better. Uh, <laughs> so with that being said, let's get into the game. Because uh, it's been a little while, and this is six days ago now on Thursday Night Football. The Washington football team just edged out a win against the Giants. Obviously, this is a very important game because uh, the vibe of the team would have been insanely worse had we been 0-2 with two home games to start the season and a loss to a division rival. But instead, we eke out a win. Uh, maybe undeservedly so, but you know, we won. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I was in attendance for this game. I'm pretty sure you were too, right? Yeah, I was. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think this was the most fun game to attend since... Yeah. I'm trying to think of the last big home game that we won. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Sometime a couple I mean, of years ago. I'm trying to yeah, think. I was going to say, maybe the, 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 maybe the division. You know, when we Maybe the that division, uh, but... the, the Oakland win. A couple years ago in prime time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was five years ago, I think. Uh, so if that was, I mean, I guess that's a good thing because it means the fan atmosphere is improving. Uh, no burst sewage pipes this time around. So that's another good <laughs> sign. Yeah. Overall, very, very fun game, though. Uh, what were your impressions of the team? Uh, I still think they're, you know, overall just a work in progress. I think we saw some, you know, positive things, but... The defense still isn't, you know, living up to what we hoped they would be. I was a little bit more optimistic this time around, but still think Danny Jones owns us. But as I said, the uh, overall, it's just still a work in progress. I don't think that this team is anywhere near what a lot of fans made them out to be. But I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. But, yeah, that's just my take. And I think, yeah, I, I agree with what you said. Uh, I think it's a really good phrase, work in progress, because they can get to what some of this fan base kind of sees them as. And they are headed in the right direction. I mean, we saw a lot of the rookies take a step forward because most of them were just bad week one. Uh, namely, Deami Brown and Jamin Davis. Benjamin St. Juice, I think, was okay, but he didn't really like have any. I think he had the one big pass breakup or something mm -hmm. on third down. Uh, but again, you can kind of see the growth and the learning curve for a lot of these guys. Oh, Sam Cosme, too. Uh, yeah, he had those like three back-breaking penalties that kind of yeah. screwed us. But uh, I don't know if you saw the PFF grades had him as like the number three tackle in the entire <laughs> yeah, NFL, which is insanity to me. I mean, he definitely played well in the past game and run game. The entire O-line has been pretty damn good. Uh, yeah. And we didn't really see enough of that this game just because, you know, with game state, when you're trailing, kind of have to pass a little more. Luckily, Heineke was kind of delivering in those situations for the most part. But uh Overall, I, I, I see the improvement, and I, I think it's headed in the right direction, but I think with if there was no Dexter Lawrence offsides, uh, we might be talking about this team in a very different way. Yeah, no, I agree. <laughs> I You know, I watched the highlights right before we, well, before we got on stream, and, man, we, we did not – it was not a win that we – I don't I don't want to discredit it, but we should we had no business winning that game. We blew like, it, then the Giants <laughs> blew it, then we blew it, then the Giants blew like, it. It was a yo, very – like, 
Yeah, it was right. Like Daniel Jones, I, as much as I hate to say, is Daniel Jones owns us. Like he was, you know, walking all over us. Even the miss, you know, play with Slayton. You know, there's some talk that uh, it was Slayton's fault. It was DJ's fault. Regardless, if that ball is caught, mm-hmm. it's a wrap. Like yeah. that game, like it was a great win, great atmosphere. But we genuinely had no business winning. I'm glad that we did. But Oh man, definitely some luck. <laughs> like you said, was on our side. Would be a different tune, yeah. Very different tune, yeah. Definitely had some luck on our side when Slayton dropped the walk-in touchdown. I had a feeling like yeah. this was our one chance to beat Daniel. Yeah. Jones. <laughs> if we don't beat Daniel Jones here, he will l- literally beat us every single time he plays us. Yeah, I felt the same. And it's so crazy because at the game it was just Giants fan. Dude was talking mad crazy, mm-hmm. and that's where we're like, okay, like I'm like this team needs to win. <laughs> then you know it was just the Heineke pick happened, and mind you, like I'm you know, out of my mind, but I'm still like in the moment. So the Heineke pick happened and this guy is, you know, so cocky and he's, he just for sure thinks that they have the win and they, they end up betting like 500 on the game. I'm not sure if the money got, yeah. I don't know. I'm not sure if they sent the money, but it was crazy. So to get that win, like I wanted to win at that point, just to see (laughs) him lose and to not have that satisfaction. And that, you know, that was kind of the best feeling, but yeah, my tickets are crazy. My tickets are right behind the opposing bench, so I will always have some oh, yeah. opposing fans. So you know I got to talk that <laughs> shit. So we better have some play to back it up. That way I have some ammo. Luckily, tonight was really fun. Or the Thursday yeah. night was really, really fun in that regard because literally it was a lot of back and forth shit talking, you know, between our fans and yeah. their fans. It's mostly friendly, you know, until guys yeah, drive home afterward. Nope. Like, I did see a guy almost get into a fist fight, but luckily nothing yeah. happened. Uh, it's just a game. Yeah. Relax. But yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was a lot of shit talked on my side because I'm I'm behind our event. So, but it's, and it was a couple of Giants fans. It's a lot. It was a lot. First of all, like the whole atmosphere, as good as it was compared to the Chargers week one, like I even tweeted, like that's when Grant Paulson should have tweeted what he tweeted <laughs> about the narrative of the stadium because right. there were so many Giants fans. But overall, it was still a good uh, atmosphere. And like I said, it got a little chippy on my side, but. Like you said, for the most part, it was all friendly. And I think the funniest thing ever was when we finally won. So many Giants fans <laughs> had to do the walk of shame. Yep. And it was, was two Giants fans. Yeah, it was two Giants fans sitting next to me. And they were cool as ever. But they ended up leaving the game early mm-hmm. when we was about to kick the field goal. And my section went crazy. They was like, why are you leaving now? Like, no, nah, you supposed to you <laughs> had all this time to leave and you want to leave now. It was crazy. Yeah. It was fun, though. All right, well, let's get into the pick, and then we'll, we'll talk about that field goal because I think those are probably the two biggest things about this game. The interception was bad. Very, very, yeah. very bad. Uh, Heineke made a bad decision. Rivera even said that. He stared down Terry McLaurin the entire way, which I kind of understand because he's dominating. You want to go to him. But in this league, defensive backs watch your eyes. So if you're staring at one receiver, the corner runs up, makes an easy play. And we yeah. saw Bradbury do exactly that. And Terry was kind of giving him a day before that. Uh, I mean, he had like 11 catches for how many yards? 107 yeah. yards. Terry, uh, Bradbury's definitely Terry's son after that. He he, he owned him, even was, with the pick. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, I mean, the pick was not on uh, was not on Terry. Yeah, Terry. So, oh. I don't agree with the decision to even pass in that situation. You're before the two-minute warning. You want to run out their timeouts. I would have rather, yeah, I know your defense wasn't really like up to snuff this game, but if you would have just run the ball three times, gotten to the two minute warning or close to it, the punt would have gotten you to the two minute warning at the very least. They would have had to run a two minute drill with no timeouts. And there's still a chance that your defense, yeah, it wasn't great. I mean, Daniel Jones had 95 yards rushing. It's always a bad sign. 
But they were steadily improving throughout the game, and it seemed like the adjustments were kind of kicking in. The passing game was working a lot less in that second half. I, I don't agree with that situation. They should be very thankful it all worked out in the end. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't I don't agree with the play call either, but I think the outside of the poor play call, I think that a lot of people was blaming Scott Turner, and rightfully so, but I felt like even though the play call was bad, that's something that Heineke shouldn't have done. And don't get me wrong, he made a lot of better plays, and he, you know, he ended up closing the game and made up for it. But uh, just, you know, seeing so many reactions on my timeline, I'm like, yeah, you know, it was a bad call, but, you know, I know you guys like this guy, but you also got to call him out for the bad mm-hmm. um, for the bad throw and, you know, the bad decision-making because as good as Heineke closed the game, the first three quarters, there was a, you know, a decent amount of throws and, you know, decisions where I'm like, you know, you got to be a little bit better. And I even read Mark Bullock's, um, his review of Heineke's uh, play, and he felt the exact same way I felt. I think that Heineke had a hell of a game. Mm-hmm. And, you know me, I'm not the biggest Heineke fan. But what me and Mark Bullock both said was some of his decision making and some of his throws are not on point, and that's something that he has to get better at. Because uh, even on another play, he got he was uh, uh, grateful enough that that wasn't an interception, and I think it was to Adam Humphreys, and mm-hmm. the ball got batted down. And it wasn't an interception, but what I've noticed is a lot of Heineke's throws are either behind the wide receiver or too high, and that's that's something that he has to work on. He definitely has the potential to, you know you know, arguably be a, our franchise guy because he's, right. you know, he can ball. But, you know, just some of his decision-making has to get better. And in a moment like that, definitely has to. Mm-hmm. And it shocked me that he ended the game so well. Like you said, like we even talked about it, the the throw to McKissick and the throw to Ricky Sills Jones. The two-play drive yeah. was insane. That yeah, might have been – the stadium might have gotten louder at that point than any point of the Yeah, it did. It was awesome. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I see where you're coming from where there's a flip side to every coin. He definitely didn't yeah. play well. Like, seemed like he had a really good, like, second and fourth quarter. Yeah. First and third was kind of up and down. Yeah, uh, and I don't want to say he didn't play well. It's just something I feel like people aren't really talking about. So, right. when Mark Billick touched on it, I'm like, okay, it's not just me, and I don't want people to think no, no, that no. I'm hating. <laughs> yeah, no. but yeah. He definitely wasn't perfect, but he had a good game. Uh, probably sure. the best quarterback performance we've seen in for this team last two years. So, that's, yeah. that's a positive <laughs> sign, but it's not the be-all, end-all. Uh yeah, I I think he has to also work on taking a little more shots downfield. There were a yeah. lot of checkdowns. Uh, it didn't seem like it was a lot of checkdowns because I think we're so used to watching so many checkdowns over the last couple of years when Alex Smith is yeah. your quarterback. That tends to be the case. He he at least throws uh, ahead of the sticks, yeah. especially on third down. It seemed like he was doing that a lot. Yeah. Uh, also, he was very very good on uh, play action throws. I saw this earlier. He was thirteen for fifteen. For 153 yards uh, on play action passes, which is very, very good, especially because it opens up the run game and the passing game. Yeah. Uh, and with, like we said, with how the O line has run blocked this season, that's a big, big plus. Yeah. Overall, though, I liked what I saw from Heineke. Uh, I think he did perform to a certain degree. I don't know if you saw what JD McKissick said after the game, but that made me like, it made me laugh a little bit. He. No, uh, <laughs> He compared him to an old quarterback of his that plays out in Seattle. He said his composure. Oh yeah, yeah, I, I, I did. See reminds that. him of Russell Wilson, which is pretty funny. But Heineke performed well enough. I mean, today I think uh, I don't know if you saw this. He got his uh, beer endorsement from the yeah, only beer company that would make sense. No, not Heineken, Bud Light. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, everybody knows how you know I feel about Heineke, but at the end of the day, you know, I could put my you know thoughts aside and. 
it's more, you know, off the field things. But like I said, he definitely shows some things and he could potentially be the guy, but there definitely is some things that he still needs to work on. I think that we still have, you know, 15 games and 16 weeks with the bye week to go on. So we'll definitely see. I'm not rooting against him. You know, I hope for the best. I think more than anything, my biggest takeaway from all of this is Scott Turner is not the guy, even <laughs> though, you know, he calls some decent plays, but overall, I'm just not feeling his offense. And mm-hmm. I think like what you just said about the checkdowns, I think that's less on Heineke and more on Scott Turner and just his scheme and those, some of the plays that he caused. That's true. And it's just, you know, it gets kind of frustrating at times because uh, like we play, we played uh, from behind a decent portion. And, you know, like sometimes that's just not the best way to go about it. And just period, the offense can be a little bit bland at times. Mm-hmm. So that's, there were- I just... Yeah, I want to say there were like one or two plays that stood out to me as okay. Scott Turner was getting a little more creative. Yeah, the tight end screen to Logan Thomas, I thought that was very creative. I like that, uh, especially because you know Logan Thomas is one of the bigger playmakers yeah. on the team. You want to get him involved. I did think it was really weird though that uh, I don't know if you noticed this. Gibson on two minute drills just never got in the game. At yeah, all. I didn't notice that. <laughs> I, I, if I had to guess, maybe his pass catching and like. Yeah. His, just stuff like maybe he's running a little heavy so they don't want him to just like gas out on a two-minute drill and McKissick might just be better suited for it which is fine I mean you have both of them for a reason be sure to use both of them yeah we saw McKissick a lot more involved this week obviously that long throw rush for the touchdown as well uh and it was just a it was a nice it was a nice game for McKissick and I think Gibson had a little bit of a quieter day but they didn't really go to him as much yeah, uh, I think yeah, he only had 13 carries and uh, two targets, so he didn't really get super involved in the offense this week. So maybe we can slow down on that Christian McCaffrey roll talk. And uh... <laughs> yeah, I mean, Ron kind of started it though, but uh, but yeah, it's definitely a little bit concerning that they aren't involving him so much. I mean, I know he had the fumble week one, but overall, I still think a good part, uh, well, a decent portion of our offense relies on him. And I mean, kind of seems like it relies on a running back in general. But I think Gibson's, you know talent and you know just overall is something that is kind of perfect for Scott's bland offense but hopefully next week because I think especially next week in Buffalo's rough environment I think we're going to need him so hopefully they'll kick it to him a little bit more but um like I said just overall I just think that I'm not you know too big on Scott and hopefully we do see more of uh Gibson but you know either way I just want them to keep it consistent and you know just kind of keep succeeding with the plays that they call if it is McKissick then I understand it but I think uh something that I noticed too I think a lot of fans were like so sure that JD McKissick would be out the door because his contract was over mm-hmm. but just off this week I don't necessarily think that that's the case and I personally would rather you know have him return on a one-year or at least two-year deal so hopefully that's the case but it's definitely something we'll see as the season progresses but and he might want to stay here too. I mean, we yeah. are, we really gave him his first big opportunity he's had in his career. So I don't see any reason why he would want to leave unless you know he wants a ridiculous amount of money that we're not willing to provide. But yeah. uh, I, I see no reason why McKissick can't be here next year and years past as well. Even if Jarrett, like I think Jarrett Patterson is kind of viewed as the long term third down back. I think he even got a carry. In this, no, he got a carry in week one. Uh, he. Um, I think he's going to be more involved this week, though, Jarrett Patterson, going back Hopefully. to Buffalo. Hopefully. <laughs> uh, I think all three of your backs can make some plays, so it is nice to get kind of a change of pace in there. But, uh, yeah, on this game, a little bit more of Dustin Hopkins. Um, he went, I think he finished 3-for-3. Three three. He missed a game-winning field goal. 
got bailed out by the referees. And what is the proper? Uh, it was a proper offside call. I don't want to hear that. You know, he was actually perfectly timing the jump or whatever. He jumped. He jumped the gun. He no, moved. it was offsides. He he literally stopped himself because he knew he jumped offsides. It was definitely offsides. It was the right call. If if it didn't happen and the refs could have very easily missed it, we lose this game. We need better from Dustin Hopkins. We need more consistency. It's not like this kick was super long. Uh, yeah. It was definitely makeable at first, and then I'm glad he made it second time around. If he would have missed both times, I, I I would feel like we were the Vikings or something. Like, all of our kickers are cursed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, to finish out this game, though, uh, we want to talk about a new segment we got called Gift or Grift. Basically, it's going to be like a game ball type segment. If you played well, you're... Uh, your play was like a present to all of us. That's a gift. If you stole your paycheck for the week, you're a grifter. So we'll start positive like we like to do. And we'll say I'll give the first gift to Taylor Heineke because I think he played exceptionally well despite all of the expectations being, you know, he's a backup quarterback. What can he really do? Yeah, uh, my first gift, I give it to John Allen. Just that's one Two of the Americans on the defense who – you know, been actually out there doing some things. And this is not a knock on other guys, but shout out to John Allen. He's definitely he's definitely been balling and definitely putting in the work to, you know, arguably be the best player on our defense. Right now, I definitely think that he kind of holds that title. So, yeah, that's going to be the guy that I give the gift to. I think that's a great pick. I mean, he has three sacks on the year, and I don't think people yeah. are talking about this enough. I think we locked him he, up at a pretty good time. <laughs> it seems yeah, like he's did. in for he a break. damn good getting those sacks. That uh, that one like body slam sack was awesome. He literally just picked up Daniel Jones and threw his ass down. I loved it. Yeah, dude's a beast. Dude's a beast. Uh, we'll go one grift each then. My first one is Kendall Fuller. Uh, yeah, he had a lot of tackles. He finished with he led the team in tackles this week. Actually, he had eight total yeah, tackles. <laughs> he had he had the one sack on Daniel Jones as well. Uh, but outside of that, he was getting cooked. Not just by Kenny Galladay, but by Sterling Shepard for the most part. Yeah. Uh, Sterling Shepard had a pretty damn good game. We need better from you if you're going to be yeah, playing I mean, like a wide, uh, like a quarterback one or two. Yeah, I, I, I definitely agree with you. That probably would have been my pick had you not made it. But side note, shout out to Sterling Shepard because, you know, he's had some talk. But when he's healthy, the man is good. But the guy I give my growth to would be John Boston. The wide, the wide receiver core. The linebacker core is just ass, like. Very much bad. Cole Holcomb is can only do so much, and I think even with him, there's a little bit of times where you kind of got to question what he does. But I think for especially the most in part, coverage, he's a pretty good linebacker. But John Bostic, man, uh, and the fact that like after him, we don't really have much. I mean, uh, this the, the guy that we drafted, he showed some things this week, so hopefully he kind of kicks it up. But yeah, I did like we, what we, I saw. We need to upgrade. I'm not going to give him a gift, though, because it wasn't that good. Yeah. But it was it's definitely yeah. significantly better than week one. I mean, he yeah, felt I like mean, he was in more. Watch- he was closer to yeah. the ball. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, honestly, watching the game, I didn't, like, I didn't see him making any plays. But then, you know, like, being there, but when I got after the game on the timeline and just watching and seeing some things, I actually noticed that he had a lot better. He had a better game than I thought. And I, th- I think it's just kind of with some linebackers. It's just uh, – you. It's you hard have- to evaluate in person. Yeah. <laughs> 
like yeah and then like just overall you you don't have many keekly so that's mm-hmm. kind of where yeah. you know unless you have like patrick willis or luke keekly out there it's really hard yeah. to just say like oh yeah this linebacker was all over the field it's hard to see that kind of thing yeah and then like 52 53 him and bostick like mm-hmm. i kind of get you know oh yeah but, but when you see a linebacker out of position you definitely <laughs> yeah. know they're there like why the hell is he on the wrong side of the field yeah thus bostick uh <laughs> but yeah um I'm going to give my next gift to Terry McLaurin. Yeah. We have a superstar at wide receiver, and we finally have a quarterback who's willing to just throw the damn ball to him. And it's nice because we saw, like, he went after, like, three straight plays, and it worked for the most part. There was only, like, two or three passes Terry's way that were, like, incompletions, and neither of them I don't think were on Terry. One of them was the throwaway out of a sack from Taylor Heineke, and uh, I think one of them was, I'm trying to remember, I think both of them might have been throws out of sacks from Taylor Heineke toward Terry McLaurin, and he just didn't actually, uh, he was just nowhere near the ball and couldn't make a play on it, but outside of that, he had 11 catches for 107 yards and a touchdown, looked damn good doing it. Yeah, um, I'll give my next one to J.D. McKissick, uh, because he, you know, he balled out, made a clutch, made a clutch catch. For us to you know lock up that game and this is a side note but you know Justin Hopkins did have that kick but the missed kick and you could say he was brought up by all sides but outside of that he like he was ah, man it's so tough because I honestly might have given it to him I just think that there's you know some iffiness behind that but outside of that he was pretty good and even when the offense struggled like he knocked it up then you get to that moment and it's mm-hmm. like dude and I, you know, I don't want to be too hard on him because maybe, you know, the offside did play a role in it. Right. But, you know, but yeah, definitely I'll give it to J.D. McKinsey this time. And hopefully maybe we win and uh, Hopkins give it next week. I try to give him the benefit of the doubt, though, just because, like, that's fair. I know how kicking can be. But and he was actually really good. Like he was on point. But yeah, but that's that's just gave me a heart attack for no reason. Yeah. On that second to last yeah. Uh, my next drift is going to be James Smith Williams. Uh, yeah, I know he's like a backup DN, still a young guy, second year pro. From my perspective, uh, he went the wrong way on two Daniel Jones read options that went for like 45 yards. If he seals the edge properly, those are probably at the line of scrimmage, if not a little bit in front of it. So because Daniel Jones rushed for 95 yards, somebody on that D line has to take at least partial blame. On two big runs, I saw James Smith Williams make that mistake. So not to focus totally in on him, but I just I noticed it with him more than other people. So James with Williams grift. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna be that person and I'm gonna give my next grift to the referees because <laughs> they made some questionable great plays pick. all night. The only thing that saved them was the offsides call, but the Chase Young roughing the passer and you know some of the other plays just god awful. Yeah, that that's that's got to be my pick because the refs like I'm like damn, they definitely have something against us. It was definitely a couple. It was definitely a couple other guys on the team that. Probably could have given it to, but mm-hmm. I think I think compared to everything, though. the refs stand out. To, you know, the refs stand out to me more than those guys. I'm trying to think of other ones. Uh, Ricky Seals Jones, I guess, gets a gift because that catch was yeah. insane. He didn't do anything. Bro, else first catch night. on the season. Yeah, it's his only catch on the season so far. <laughs> is that insane touchdown catch? Uh, great throw from Heineke too. Literally put it right on the money. He put it high and in the corner. So the only person who could make a play on that ball is like a six-seven tight end which he happened to be throwing to. So good play by Heineke, good play by Seals Jones. You got anybody else? Uh, looking through the stats, I don't really have anybody. 
Um, yeah, I don't really have anybody. I will say, I mean, slight shout out to Montez Sweat. I don't think that the edges are doing as much as we want them to do, but I think if one of them had a good game, it was definitely Montez. He made a couple of plays and so did Chase, but I think Montez did a little bit more. So I give him a little bit of an edge, but I definitely want to see more from both of them and, you know, definitely some of the other guys on the defense. I still think the secondary has a lot of holes. And I think that as I think that William Smith, William Smith Jackson, William Jackson <laughs> third is the best player in the secondary, but him, you know, not being used to this defense is hurting him so bad because he had a hell of a game. You know, he definitely had the the mishap with Slayton, but mm-hmm. at the same time, he had a hell of a game. So, and I yeah. think that as the season goes on, he'll keep being better. And, you know, I've seen the Pac-Man Jones beef and it's like, <laughs> he's, he's doing as much as he can. He's definitely playing a little bit out of position and not used to his comfort zone, but for, you know, some of the mistakes he's made, he's made up for it. So... Had some good pass breakups. Yeah, I mean, busted coverages are going to happen when you have, like, I guess a new secondary. And a lot of these guys are new. I mean, St. Juice, Landon Collins played, like, three games last year. Uh, You're going to have some busted coverages. And they're not playing Cam Carl enough. So I might give a grift to the whoever was making the defensive substitutions. I don't know if that's Ron. I don't know if that's (laughs) JDR. We need more snaps out of that young star. So just make it happen. Uh, Anybody else? Trying to think. Chase Young maybe gets a grift. Just didn't do enough. Second overall pick, we need a lot out of you, and we're getting some out of you. Uh, you were against yeah. Andrew Thomas. We need you to, like, dominate Andrew Thomas. It's so crazy, though, because that play that got called back, he absolutely killed Andrew Thomas. And it was another uh, offensive lineman that, like, tried to contain him, too, and he just ran through both of them. And I think that kind of – he well, he's like, damn, I don't know what to do. But you kind of got to shake that off. I'd rather you get the penalty – and, you know, do something like I'd rather you do something and get the penalty than do nothing and not have a penalty and we give up a big play. I'd rather. That's true. I don't want to say I want the penalties, but I'd rather come off a bogus penalty than you not doing nothing at all. If that makes sense. If you know that what is, I, mean. I agree with you on that. I mean, yeah, like it's it's better to see him not getting like dominated like against Slater last yeah. week. He's getting to the quarterback, at least, even if the referees make a bad call. I mean, I say it's a bad call. Like, yeah, you're not supposed to fall on him, but it's hard to like take down six yeah. six Daniel Jones. If you're like, he was already falling backwards. Like, yeah. it's so hard for you to like in the moment to like you know get back on your feet and you know like talk like. Mm-hmm. Then if you want to toss him to the side, that would have been a penalty too. I definitely understand you want to protect the quarterback, but stuff like that is just. I think it has to be more you know, decision and based and in the moment. Like, I definitely think there's some times where, you know, those uh, edge guys and those pass rushers purposely try to harm the quarterback. But I think in situations like that, and this is not me being biased, this is me, like, being a football fan. It's situations like that where you genuinely can't help it because you're in the moment. Like, you know, it's so hard for you to get back on your feet or even, like, move to the side so you don't fall on that guy. And I think that's just one of the calls where it hurts because I felt like in that moment it was something that he couldn't really avoid. Mm-hmm. But I also understand the league trying to protect them. But it's, it's definitely tough. And hopefully over the years they kind of clear up some of those blurred lines with those that play call. But it's definitely some we'll have to just kind of keep waiting and hoping to mm-hmm. see. And hopefully it doesn't keep biting us in the ass specifically. Yeah. We have a good D-line. Uh, but, yeah, with that, you ready to move on to some uh, Bills? Let's do yeah. it. Okay. So the Bills are 1-1. One one. Week 1, they lost to the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, whose defense played immaculately. Uh, Josh Allen is kind of having a skid to start the season. Uh, just not really looking like his former self. By former self, I mean just last year's self when there were no fans. So some people are definitely questioning whether last year was just kind of a uh, a fluke, quote unquote, or it was just like, or if it's actually sustainable. So far, does not look sustainable. Yeah. That being said, 
he doesn't really have a lot going for him in terms of pass protection. Uh, Their O-line is not great, and uh, the Steelers definitely took advantage of that. I don't know if he was actually sacked, but it definitely felt like he had pressure in his face a decent amount of time. But he has definitely been inaccurate, and their run game has been up and down. Last week, they beat the brakes off of the Miami Dolphins, their division rival, 35-0 in what might have been the worst played 35-point shutout I've ever seen. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, they put up big numbers. Yeah, their defense held them to zero. No, it did not look pretty in the slightest. Uh, Josh Allen had 17 completions on 33 attempts. That's just over 50%. 179 passing yards, two tutties, and a pick. And the one touch, one of the touchdowns was to Stefan Diggs, and it's just like a super, super inadvisable throw where he like he turned around, threw across his body, and Stefan Diggs happened to be wide open in the middle of the field. Devin Singletary pretty much outplayed uh, Josh Allen because he was rushing them to victory pretty much. Overall, I think if there was a good time to catch the the Bills, it would be early in the season because yeah. they do not have some stuff figured out and there's stuff to take advantage of. If we got this team week 16, week 17, I'd be a little more worried. Yeah. No, I agree with you. And, but it's still definitely so hard because definitely. I feel like as much as the Bills struggling right now, I definitely can see this game being a shutout like 33-0 to zero, like the Miami <laughs> Dolphins. Or I can see it being another game like the Giants. That's where it's so tough. Like, I genuinely don't know how this team is going to go and play. I'm just hoping for the best at this point because for all Josh Allen's struggles so far, this could be the game where he lights us up. Mm-hmm. But like you said, I definitely agree with you, though. If it's now, now is the time to play them, it's definitely week three. But overall, um, I think as far as the Josh Allen talk, I think this is just kind of who he is. I think that as the season goes on, you're going to get a better, you know, better version of him. But I think – for as good as he is, he makes a lot of boneheaded, you know, decisions. And we've seen that his rookie year and not to, you know, harp too much on the rookie year, but I think that some, like as good as he had last year, I think some people kind of overlook the fact that this is, you know, kind of the player that he is. He can be amazing sometimes, but there's still always that, you know, in the back of him where he could, you know, be that player and be the guy who, you know, kind of makes some dumb decisions. Hopefully it carries on into next week. And he's not the best version of himself. And, mm-hmm. Uh, but after we play them, I hope that he kind of kicks it up because I like watching him play. He's definitely a baller, but just, as long as it's not against us, I'm cool with it. But, <laughs> yeah. uh, but take yeah. a little bit longer to get right, please, Josh Allen. Uh, we'll <laughs> but yes, right. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't look forward to playing Stefan Diggs, but like I said, maybe Josh Allen still has his blues and it doesn't go well. And the defense, I think it could be so-so. I'm not the biggest fan of the Bills' defense, but I definitely won't be surprised if they were to contain us enough. But overall, I think that this game can go either way. Like I said, though, I'm not expecting too much just because I know our luck and how things go. But I also wouldn't be surprised if it was to go our way. I'm hoping it does go our way. Uh, yeah. I mean, we should have a we have a winnable game on the schedule next week in the Falcons. This it's always better to be above 500. So going into it two and one, you can start out three and one, and that's a great start to your season. Starting out two and two, you can go either way. Uh, definitely depends <laughs> on this game. It's a early in the season games matter a lot more than people like to admit. Uh, yeah, I agree. Yeah, they're not like I think some people kind of say, "Oh, it's just week one, it's just week two, it's just week three, blah blah blah." It it really starts. It sets the tone for how your team is going to perform yeah. this season. Yeah, I mean, last year we kind of started one and five and then rallied our way into seven and nine. That's not a sustainable way to win. I don't care if your schedule gets softer second half of the year. I know we have all those division games at the end. 
if you're not playing well, that that can create some bad habits, and some coaches can't get that out of you. Obviously, Rivera's a good coach and kind of has coached out bad habits before, but it's never it's advisable to kind of get off to those kind of starts. No, I agree. I think these next three games are going to make or break our season as sad as it is to say. I think that right now we have a very beatable Bills team. Like you said, if this was week 16 or so, I'm like, hell no. Nah. But it's definitely could go either way right now. Then the Falcons, as bad as they are, they still have an offense that can, you know, score. I definitely think that the defense is going to have a day. But I wouldn't be surprised if they still put up some points, especially because because the Saints and the Falcons are our, you know, our kryptonite. Like, every mm-hmm. time we play them, something will always go wrong. No matter who's playing for them, it's just they always kick our ass. But, yeah, these next three that games. That whole division, Bills, really. Yeah, the Bills, the Falcons, and the Saints. If we don't go two and one, or even – I want, I don't want to say one and two. I want to say two and one because I think that we have to win two of these games. I don't, you know, I don't know how the season is going to end because right after that, that's when shit really gets real. Like we have mm-hmm. the Bills, the Bills. We have the Packers. We have the Chiefs. Buccaneers. We have the Buccaneers. Then we have the 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 Cowboys. You know, we beat the Cowboys last year, but that was without Dak. And the Cowboys have a very very tough offense. Even the Eagles. The Eagles have been playing very well. They didn't play too well against the 49ers, but they can put up some points. And division games always are always are fun. The Eagles yeah. were hilarious this week. I don't know yeah. if you saw. Jalen Hurts had a 91-yard completion. Yeah. And, and they and scored zero points on that drive. <laughs> yeah. They, were, they went for it on fourth down. They tried to run back to Philly special, and that shit is not so special anymore because it did not work. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, overall, it's just – I think over these next two weeks, we kind of got to find our identity. If it's still with the defense, the defense got to kick it up because after the Saints – like I said, it's just gets real. I think that the Broncos are very mid, but even the Broncos, like, they've been playing pretty decent, and that defense is no joke. So if the offense and Heineke are going to stay on the roll and the defense is going to kick up the notches, we definitely got to start putting it into gear now, and we can't really play. So hopefully this game kind of sets the tone. And, I mean, even if we lose, hopefully it's not a bad loss. Hopefully it's about, like, a field goal or a touchdown, and it's something that we can build off of. But if we don't go in and, you know, kind of set the tone regardless of win or loss, if we don't go in and go head-to-head with them, then – you know, I kind of lose a little bit of hope because this schedule is very, very brutal. We even play the Raiders. The Raiders have been looking damn good. They just beat yeah. the Ravens who beat the Chiefs. Like, Yeah, they're 2-0. Yeah. Man, so, it's, we'll see. It's been an interesting football season so far yeah. in the NFL. Uh, definitely been fun to watch. But Bro. And the Broncos, by the way, real quick, I think they're going to be the worst yeah. 3-0 starting football team of all time. Oh, uh, They're playing the Jets next week. so Yeah, they're going to fizzle out so hard. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but that defense is still no joke. Definitely. Agree there. Uh, on the Bills this week, though, uh, Star Ludele and Jerry Hughes. Uh, no, never mind. Just Star Ludele and is uh, going to probably be out. He has a groin injury. Didn't practice today. Cole Beasley and Jerry Hughes, just kind of old guys. Uh, didn't practice today. Just got a rest. And everybody else is probably going to play. So it's a mostly healthy team. You should. That, that kind of worries me because... Last year, a lot of our success came with injuries, as bad as that sounds. Yeah. Uh, we kind of beat up on injury-prone teams and lost to the good teams. So, yeah. injury bug kind of seems to be running rampant in the NFL. We lost a lot of players <laughs> for the year so far. Uh, we have not played anybody who's hurt by it a ton so far. For us, yeah. Matt Ioannidis didn't practice today with a knee injury, which does concern me. And Gibson was limited with a shoulder. If I had to guess... If they're worried about Ioannidis, he's not going to play. But uh, Gibson's probably going to be full go. Yeah, I agree. But um, 
what you just said, like go busy being there. I think like hot take of the week, and I, that might be something that I do the next couple of weeks. Hot take of the week, Cole Beasy is going to be that guy this week. The way Starley Shepard was, I fully expect Cole Beasy to be that guy next week because for some reason we cannot contain these slot wide receivers. I know why. And it's just uh, Kendall Fuller is playing in the slot. Yeah. That's why. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. But yeah, I think <laughs> I would not be surprised if Cole Beasley does that to us this weekend. We mildly contain Stefan Diggs, but I fully that's my hot take. Cole Beasley is that guy this week. That's but yeah, uh, I, I thought yeah. it was going to be honestly, Emmanuel Sanders always seems to have insane games against us. That Broncos game back uh, a couple of years ago, I don't even remember who was their quarterback at that time. I don't remember. I remember there being an Emmanuel Sanders drive where he literally had 71 yards and a touchdown when they started from the 29 yard line. He, he literally yeah. took them the length of the field. I honestly forgot that he was even on the Bronx. The, the he moves Bills, around a but, lot, but uh, he's been, but yeah, yeah, he's older now, but he's just yeah. the kind of guy who torches us and uh, hopefully yeah. that doesn't stay consistent this week. Yeah. I mean, not just saying that I won't be surprised if it's him either. So I'll take my hot take to one of those two guys gonna kill us my money's on i would probably put my money on beasley but i definitely wouldn't be surprised if it's sanders because i like i said i forgot that he was on the bills but yeah definitely won't be surprised i think the rushing games are going to be huge this week because this might be the kind of game where time of possession just kind of wins it for a team uh the bills have been pretty good against the run this year and pretty like mediocre against the pass yeah i mean obviously they were good against the pass last week but Tua went out in the first quarter and Jacoby Brissett is not a good quarterback. I think Heineke is a better backup quarterback if we're comparing them one-to-one. Uh, so that being said, I I would hope that the game plan is still around Gibson, but you're going to have to maybe abandon that pretty quickly if it's not working. I mean, Gaskin was the leading rusher on the uh, the Dolphins last week. He had 25 yards on five carries. So... Ooh. It, yeah, I mean, they were kind of splitting work in the backfield. Like, they gave uh, Sylvan Emma six carries, and he had 17 yards. So, literally, it was just kind of uh, running back by committee, and nobody was getting anything done. So, hopefully, you know, Gibson can find some holes. He was running a lot more patiently this last week, which yeah. is definitely a good sign for his development. So, if we can see more of that, I think Gibson's going to be a key part of the offense. But Heineke has to have another great week, and I'm kind of worried that he won't do it because we're playing... Leslie Frazier, who's a great defensive coordinator, and there's now almost three full games of tape on Heineke, and that definitely concerns me. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at all if that's the case. Uh, I definitely think over the next couple of weeks we're going to see very up and down Heineke. I don't. I wouldn't be surprised if there's not a consistent answer with him, but hopefully, like you said, this week he has another great game. But it's definitely going to be hard, especially like I think people like, and that's another thing, the Bills' environment. Is it something that's talked about enough? But at the same time, I think we're catching them at the perfect time because the weather's still pretty decent and you're not catching them at, you know, times where it's like just dreadful. The air's very dry and just horrible. So hopefully we kind of, you know, capitalize on all of this, but it's definitely going to be something to see. I just I just want to see progress. Like you said, I hope that Gibson has a day. Maybe even they throw Patterson in to shake some things up, even with the Buffalo connection. Maybe they even include McKissick. Overall, I just like I agree with what you just said. The run game has to have a big day, and hopefully that's the case. We'll definitely see. But if it's not working early, then you may have to abandon it. Just overall, I just don't want them to force anything. If it's not, if Terry's covered well, don't force it to Terry. If Logan's covered well, don't force it to Logan. If the run game isn't working, don't force the run game. If Gibson is struggling, give it to McKissick or Patterson. If that's not working, then you know you gotta 
you know, shake it up. But we'll see. But I will say, uh, as far as the offense, another thing I want to see is I think last week Heineke in the pocket, he didn't have some of the best awareness and he wasn't the best scrambler. So hopefully we see him. Uh, Which is weird. Be that was supposed to be his week. whole thing. Yeah. Like, he was supposed <laughs> to be a guy who like improvises yeah. and makes plays with his legs. Yeah. Seems like and I feel like I might have jinxed that. Yeah. yeah. I feel like I was like, damn, like I just gave him credit for that last week. And then this week you're getting your ass sacked every other play. <laughs> he was only sacked once this play, but he was definitely like, it felt like he was under, uh, he was just trying yeah. to get rid of it rather than make it work this time. Uh, maybe it was just because he didn't trust the tackles, which I understand because I also don't trust the tackles. Uh, outside of that, I'm trying to think. Oh, back to my Heineke point real quick. I forgot to mention this. So, Week one, they did not game plan for Heineke because Ryan Fitzpatrick was the starter. He got hurt, obviously. Week two was a four-day like rest period. The Giants didn't have a ton of time to study tape. This week, the Bills got a ton of time to look at Heineke, and I think that time will show. Hopefully, Heineke can beat it. Out. Heineke can beat it out anyway because uh, we're gonna need him. But I think with that, you want to move into a score prediction for this week. Uh, yeah. I'll tell you what. We'll both do a score prediction, and we'll put it out on Twitter. If anybody gets the score exactly right to the numbers for both teams and the winner, we'll give away $5. Get a link in if you get it right on the notes. Well, a matter of fact, you do five, I do five, so we'll give away 10. <laughs> no, 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 we'll just do five from Phantom. Don't worry. We'll do 10 from Phantom now that you said it, though. You don't got to worry right. about it. <laughs> All right, $10 giveaway, though. What is your score prediction, Dre? Yeah, uh, I'm gonna be the pessimist just because I feel like that kind of works. But I'm gonna say 24-10, Bills win. Okay, okay, <sighs> that's tough. Hmm. I am going to say it is going to be. I think it's gonna be another high-scoring game. As a matter of fact, because I think the pace of this game is gonna be a lot higher. I think Josh Allen is going to make a lot of plays with his legs, too, because uh, they saw Daniel Jones clearly took advantage. Oh. So Josh Allen definitely has that ability as well. Yeah, I think that's something that we actually should have talked about more. I, I, I definitely agree with that point. Yeah, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he had 100 rushing yards. But I am going to say we eke out a win with some crazy, crazy, like Terry McLaurin, Owen Stradavius White kind of shit. And we end up with a... I'll say... 27 to 24 win. It's going to be a very, very tight game to the end, just like the Giants. No, that's actually the hot take of that's the hot take of the week. Forget what I said early. That's the hot take of the week. That's some, you got it, some balls, man. I honestly, I'm just, I don't know why I have confidence. I think I'm just riding high off of the win and I want it to continue. So I'm going to will it and manifest it until it happens. Look, I respect the man. I respect it. <laughs> but I think it'll be a hell of a win. It will be a hell of a win. I'm sure the city will be jumping. We'll have a lot of momentum heading into that Falcons matchup. Uh, anything else before we wrap up? Uh, no, nah, just everybody stay safe and let's enjoy some football this weekend. <laughs> yes, please. And uh, yeah, <laughs> hopefully we all enjoy it a little extra. So with that being said, be sure to follow us on all socials. Uh, at chasing the chip, at chasing chip on Twitter, at chasing chip on Instagram. Uh, be sure to follow our personals at Dre the plug for Dre at Emoies for me. And uh, yeah, we should be live again next Wednesday and um, probably Monday. Tomorrow we got Token Boys, and Saturday we should have another show. I am the only one who beat the coin, so 
Thank God somebody beat the fucking coin. You're rigging it. <laughs> I was not rigging it, I promise. <laughs> I will record myself flipping the coin if necessary, but I promise I am not rigging it. I would He's not have let it. the coin no, I would not have let the coin get this many right uh, if we were rigging it. Yeah. But uh yeah, be, be sure to tune in to our other phantom stuff and see you later. Peace.